0: Hello and welcome to the Brand Education podcast. I'm Zenat Fayez from the Brand Education and today I'm joined by Jane Schaefer, Director of Marketing, Recruitment, Communication and Global at the University of Exeter. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the importance of creating brand champions, the role data and insight plays to secure funding and buy-in at the University of Exeter. Hi, Jane, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Zenat, thank you for inviting me on. I'm so excited to have this chat with you. I've been meaning to bring you on for a while now, so I'm glad I finally got you. Yeah, you've picked
1: a good day. I've just come from um, our Strategic Investment Planning Committee where they've given me a nice little sum of money for the branding project. <laughs> nice,
0: congratulations on that. Thank you. Before we um, kick off on our podcast, we kind of invite people to talk about, you know, what they've been doing in their careers. So can you give us a bit of a, an overview on your career so far and how you came into education? I was um, born
1: in the far southwest in uh, a town called Newquay, which many people will have come to for our, for their holidays and, and and what have you. And interestingly, it was a, a place which has sort of of aspiration for higher education and I was the first in my family to even consider going to university. So I came into my choice around university sort of really without much um, awareness of what I was doing or or anything like that and and I um, got a scholarship from a local um, company which was called English China Clays and they sponsored me through university. Uh, So I was with them for five years and that was the start of my marketing career. I was one of their three um, marketing trainees and it was fabulous, really fabulous. They sent me off to University at Bradford Management School to do a business degree, uh, but also sent me to Italy to learn how to speak Italian and do things like that. However, as much as they were a a very paternalistic company that were really trying to do the best for people of Cornwall, it didn't excite me in terms of a, a marketing marketing career. I mean, a lot of the product innovation was, you know, do you want to sell it wet or do you want to sell it dry? So, you know, it was it was kind of it was a bit limited. So from there I looked at opportunities and joined Mars Confectionery, which of course was probably at that time one of the best marketing and um, product development organizations in the world and it was just at the time when they were developing products like uh, Mars Ice Cream you know literally products that had never existed before so it was really exciting time uh, to be there and obviously that business to consume brand that you sell through um, supermarkets and all sorts of things had such a lot of layers Uh, in that so that was absolutely absolutely fascinating then I then took a a gap to have a family and so I suppose uh, the the thing I've delivered most in my career is three daughters uh, who are now grown up and pursuing their own careers doing exciting things and have sort of as they were growing up, and I thought I needed to get back to my career and what I wanted to do. So I was lucky enough to join BT at a time when they were expanding as well and became um, the head of marketing operations there working in their business to business area, uh, which was really, really uh, exciting. So, So I kind of had three really different looks at marketing from different perspectives and and had some it working with interesting people and interesting brands um, and then then I somebody showed me an advert um, for a job which said director of marketing communications at the University of Sheffield and we were living not far from Sheffield at the time and I just thought, well, that sounds really interesting. And I think as my children were getting older, I was more aware of working in organisations and brands that had, had some value or in terms chocolate. of life. Chocolate, endless chocolate books.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gosh, there's some stories about how many how people you say, oh, but how much chocolate can you give me for this and how much chocolate can you give me for that? But that's different. <laughs> um, but yeah, that kind of brands that resonated a bit more with, with where I was in my life. So education was obviously very important to me. Uh, so yeah, so I started um, as the first Director of Marketing and Communications at the University of Sheffield and um, that was just fabulous. Bit of, bit of a culture shock, but fabulous university and I, and I really, really enjoyed um, my time there. And from there, I, I changed roles, uh, went to the University of Plymouth and that again was a different experience, different type of university, but a role that was on the university executive boards, so a more strategic role. And I think also marketing more in the front and centre of what they were thinking about at the time and how they deliver their strategy. And then eight years ago, I joined the University of Exeter, and um, really enjoying my time here. Never a dull day, lots of exciting things uh, to do and work with. Um, I think the best marketing and communications team, admissions, student recruitment team in the whole of the country. But I would say that, wouldn't I? I agree <laughs> with you, Jane. I agree. <laughs> they are fabulous. So, but also a great, a great board, great support, and. Um, somewhere I feel marketing is really paid attention to so yeah very happy to be
0: here Sounds incredible and what a journey that you've been on actually and then bringing those skills into Exeter really you know helps bring in all those different layers from different industries and bringing that expertise into into the higher education sector so yeah you're a bit of an asset then aren't you Jane so I know that Exeter has been doing some incredible work and you and your team have been behind some interesting and exciting initiatives recently Can you tell us a bit more about like your approach to marketing and reputation management at the University of Exeter and you know how you've been able to get buy-in from execs and leadership teams um, and also just encourage you know your team and like you know what are some of the kind of things that you've been doing at the university so far?
1: So for me let me think talk to you about marketing first because I think in universities marketing some sometimes just gets stuck in the student recruitment camp and one of the things I've done is I've pulled marketing out as a strategic marketing function so yes it does do stuff uh, around student recruitment but actually it's about managing the brand it's about managing our portfolio managing our pricing so you know a proper strategic marketing function and and in that I've made sure that there's people in there that understand that actually um they you know they can range anywhere over the organization because actually marketing pervades mm-hmm. everything you know it's in our research um it's in our business to business so so you know we have people with wide-ranging experience so yeah so i start with that as my as, as kind of my premise really yeah. and that it is everyone's job to know um, what's going on in terms of marketing in the university and I've been lucky enough at Exeter to work with some really fabulous academics who um, I, I'm kind of proud to say have become uh, closet marketeers you know I, I get I get them using all sorts of marketing language mm-hmm. um, and and sort of listen to them and I'm happy when they sell my ideas in or sell the team's ideas in mm-hmm. Um, because it means that they 've really they really have got it, um, so so I think just that education and that positioning around strategic marketing I think is really important and then reputation similarly is is kind of a bit ethereal isn 't it? People talk about reputation um, and how do you how do you sort of pin that down and I think one of the things that's been quite helpful. Um, over time is is league tables have really started to give us metrics around reputation, something to hang something to hang our hats on, yeah, but what people really mean is when they talk about reputation is you know what do we want to be famous for, what do we want people to talk to us about so So I, again, start that strategic discussion is, you know, what do we want to be famous for? And if we want to be famous for X, Y or Z, then you've got to be sure that you're good at X, Y and Z. And then it's the it's the marketing job to uh, let people know. It's the communications job to let people know. So Exeter, our issue very much was, and this is where data helped. What you, Zenat, did, you know, brand education and how we've utilised some of the metrics around the others is realise where our reputation gap was. So looking at our citations and seeing where we our citations are really good, really high, but our reputation was low. Yeah. So, you know, that gap, I I'd, quantifying, identifying that gap and then giving senior leaders that graph really and saying, I've quantified our reputation deficit and now here's my plan. And so I think that really, really did help and was a bit of a turning point. So I tend to I tend to try and be data led and work with uh, work with the leaders in, in the university to, you know, to kind of close those gaps as much as a much as a possibly can.
0: That's amazing. And I love like how you've created little brand champions and, you know, getting them to advocate your brand and marketing work. That's, that's amazing. And it's probably every marketer's dream in higher education to be able to do that. Proud of you for, for getting that going actually. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Well, I think it's a partnership, isn't it? Because actually the whole
1: organization wants to have great reputation. It's been difficult for people to understand, well, what is it and I think maybe in the past some marketers or some organizations have just said well I'll just do more of this and more of that never seemed to move the dial so we had to change the narrative to say yes we've got good stories to tell but who do we tell them to where do we tell them and you know where are we going to make the biggest leap I think people get that and understand it and I've also tried to align with my uh, colleagues Uh, agendas that they are trying to to achieve so our deputy vice chancellor global you know reputation is really important to his portfolio and our deputy vice chancellor research massively important to him so actually i can you know find very easy champions in them because they want the same thing i do yeah Yeah, and then i've you know we've we've run um something around the reputation of our international education as well because as we started to really focus on these areas to build reputation people in yeah, the DVC education said well what about education why why aren't we talking about that I said oh there's no reason why we shouldn't be just if I can have some money I can do it for you too so you know it started to sort of snowball and, and, and people really saw the benefit and, and then wanted that kind of approach applied to their area and our latest Um, kind of reputation building project and campaign has been around the humanities and social sciences uh, which has been really exciting to talk about you know um, social justice women's issues because it's quite easy sometimes to talk about science research it's a bit harder to talk
0: about Mm. some of those others so that's been really exciting to do that project I think those kind of projects are always quite they get that societal buzz and the emotion connection don't they because I think what are the wider issues that can help or where can you bridge gaps in society society that like the research that you're doing so I think no those are very exciting one of the things that really stood out was like you know your collaborative approach and you know feeling almost being um, mindful of where colleagues need help and just coming in and you know bringing in your own you know how could you help them so I think that's an amazing approach because sometimes in higher education you see that certain departments don't work together and there is a lack of collaboration and a lack of sharing knowledge but I think what you're doing is bridging that gap aren't you you're really looking at how can I help them achieve Achieve what they want but then also help ourselves at the same time which is so powerful for the sector yeah I've I've
1: always felt that us as a strategic marketing team a reputation building team we're not here to do that in and of itself we're here to do it for the kind of advancement of of the university and higher education and if reputation is better if if we start to move in terms of our perception in, in people's minds in terms of what we're famous for how great we are then it makes some of my other job easier makes the job I have around international student recruitment easier it makes the jobs we have around fundraising easier so there's always a virtuous circle I think
0: I agree and that kind of leads me on to um, you're working with colleagues and you're bringing those gaps together and you're being able to gain the buy-in and the investment for these areas how have you been like evolving your team or meeting the demands you know to create that perception like how have you supported the in-house team to create you know, a reputation strategy, or what have been the internal changes that have happened within your own team to support them? One of the big things that we did was create the strategic marketing function in the in the very
1: first instance, and then that has evolved under um, the leadership of Lou Brown. And she has really thought about how to deliver strategic campaigns, for example. So, you know, not only thinking about what we need to do about reputation, but then how do we deliver it? And so she's been the architect of the sort of plan that I said, right, okay, I want to run campaigns that change the perception of, of Exeter. And by Buying data uh, by using external agencies, but also by having a team internally that actually run with campaigns, and it's their job to do it. So it's not they're not picking them up and dropping them. They're absolutely running with them all the time. Um, They're working with design agencies, creative agencies, strategic marketing agencies. They're working with media buyers, uh, both digital and and other media buyers. They're working with insight agencies. So so we're we're pulling everything together um, in a a hub almost, um, and 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 that's working. And then they're working across bigger teams, so across the rest of the, the teams within my area and other areas to pull in project teams so so they're sort of given that responsibility well if you need someone to help from research pull them in if you need someone to help um, from education pull them in and Uh, So that's that's one way we've done it. The other way we've done it, which is kind of flipping that model on its head, is take something like our uh, environment and sustainability credentials and then building a campaign around an opportunity, which was the G7 coming to Cornwall. Um, which happened in the summer, and that was going to lead on to cop twenty six again, we took a project approach, and this time it was led from our corporate communications and our kind of press area who who could see this huge Uh, opportunity and they they knew that they could maximize it Mm -hmm. but then we put the campaigns team around them we put all of the um, creative around them to drive that from an opportunistic point of view so we try and be agile really um, at work what you know what's gonna what's gonna help what's gonna work and sometimes during you know during covid times it's all hands to the pump so, really working across a team and, and seeing what where that expertise uh, is. I've also tried to encourage people in the team to develop themselves, um, start thinking where their interests are. So, a lot of them have done MBAs now um, through the degree apprenticeship scheme, mm-hmm. been to various different courses around digital marketing, try to utilize as much external free consultancy as they can get their hands
0: on. But yeah, really, really you know, encourage them to do that as well. That's amazing. And if it feels if it was like um because you've gone in with like a bit of a, a hybrid approach, haven't you? Yeah. It's almost like you you've got the expertise inside, but you've also I think it's okay to ask for expertise in particular areas because they're the experts and bringing that knowledge into the university and collaborating with them. So I think that's so powerful. And leading on to that, like, have you seen, what are the kind of key results or contributions that you've seen in approach like this or in terms of the campaigns and in terms of the results? Have you seen like working like this has created a bit of a a shift change or a a step change? Yeah, Yeah,
1: definitely. So um, we measure everything that we can get our hands on, to be fair. So I think we use all of the traditional methods and uh, around uh, marketing and digital marketing that you would imagine that you could see, you know, in terms of awareness and visibility. But increasingly as well, we are going deep into the measures around the league tables and brand tracking as well so in terms of the league tables we have seen us move up considerable amount of places bucking a bit of the trend of some of our peers and doing the analysis it is the reputation measures that are doing that now I can't I can't say hand on heart every bit of that reputation measure is due to to our campaigns but isn't it it's a great coincidence isn't it that it happens at the same time, and I'm sure there is a you know a knock on result to that and I was clear with the exec that you know we will see an uplift, I won't be able to claim everything to the to the work that we've been doing, but you know it will have bit will be a factor and then the other thing around brand tracking is. We can also see where our um, awareness ratings in brand tracking against our competitors has moved as well. And we're also doing brand tracking words and we can see those words changing from what we might have been famous for three or four years ago to what people are thinking about us now. And that directs those directly to the campaigns that we've been running. So we've both got the quantitative things that we've got, but also some of those more qualitative measures
0: around brand tracking so it's really exciting to see that is really exciting and have you have you found that the kind of direction and the narrative, that exeter is on is that what you've seen that's what people are talking about and that's what people are knowing you for yeah because i think some of the time some things are when you talk about brand tracking it's always very oh like it's intangible but it's great to see that you've put together metrics in that place and then once those campaigns are over you kind of know what to look for i think some universities really struggle with what are the kind of tangible benefits of doing this yeah right and i feel like what you've done is actually shown like these are some of the tangible benefits around it I
1: mean we want to position around three key strategic pillars in terms of uh, research so it's greener fairer healthier is our is our sort of shorthand there's bigger words around that but greener health fairer. so actually I'm going to be focusing our communications and campaign work our marketing work around those themes and um, why wouldn't I put those words into the brand tracking? You know, because if that's where we want to position, I want that's I want people to think about us in that way. So that's the plan. No, that's that's
0: brilliant. Cause I know some of these areas are quite new to some universities around, especially like the hybrid working with agencies, yeah. having a, a reputation strategy and you know, equipping your team and upskilling them to kind of put together these new strategies. What advice would you give, like, you know, senior leaders who are you know, reluctant to invest in this area, but also not reluctant because they are reluctant for themselves, but because senior leaders are reluctant to invest in this area. What kind of advice can you give them or what tips can they take away that can really help them? Yeah,
1: I think let data be your friend. Work with the insight that you can get from different uh, formats, different platforms, different league tables, different views of looking at your organization to see where your reputation gaps are or your marketing gaps work out whether it's a content issue or it's a marketing and communication issue because if you've got great content but nobody knows it then that's a marketing and communications issue and then work out what the approach could be but be specific you know I want to take this is our problem this is our issue I want to take it from here to here and this is the plan and maybe be agile in in what you do and be opportunistic I mean some of our first investments came because there happened to be some underspends in other areas of the university and so we had plans already kind of ready to go and said well let us have a go at that and but now we've built it so that we've got budget in an always-on type of way so we don't have to be hand-to-mouth but be prepared to be agile be prepared to be opportunistic make sure you measure everything so you can play back the results. Show, not tell, I would say as well. People love great creative that makes them feel something so keep it exciting keep people engaged um, and then show the results and I think if you focus on what the what the organization needs and then find those people who who understand and those needs are theirs as well then it's not just the marketing department saying this is it it's it's actually now the DVC research or the DVC education um, saying look at this look at what we've done um, and that gate that gives me a real sense of pride when you know I'm sitting in the meeting and I don't have to say a word because all you know, these people are going
0: look at this great campaign that we're running I'm thinking that's a real change I love that and I think um, that's amazing um, advice and I think it's a great note to kind of end on as well this amazing podcast and some really insightful tips there Jane and um, it feels like you know what you've done is change the mindset of the institution by you know show having the data creating those brand champions, now having an always on campaign. You know, that's a lot of success at, at um, Exeter and that takes a lot of work, but it's, it's something that you can do and you've done it. So it's um, an extraordinary uh, achievement. So yeah, really excited and hopefully that gives our listeners some great takeaways. Yeah, it's only taken me eight years to become an overnight success, hasn't it? <laughs> 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 they don't see all the work that goes in the background, do they? <laughs> <laughs> no, they only see when it's happening, yeah. when all this amazing achievement is coming into yeah. fruition. I think that's like with anything, isn't it? But it's a it's a great place to be in. It takes time, it takes time. Yeah, yeah, it takes time, and I think that's another thing, isn't it? Yeah, patience and perseverance, um, and working with the academics and your teams, even if you get resistance and reluctance, it's just stick with them they will it will happen so thank you so much jane for joining us on today's podcast it's been a pleasure thank you zina i've really enjoyed talking to you thank you so much for listening to the brand education podcast i hope you've enjoyed today's episode please do leave us a review tag us on linkedin please also share it with colleagues across the sector we're always interested in hearing your feedback don't forget to subscribe thanks again and see you next time